Shkayach to uh, Jamie Stoller for sponsoring the learning this morning, the, the, the breakfast and so on. Shpiyaz for him. Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom Sinachas and Simcha. Abiyaz Gold Tzedek. So, um, so last week we uh, had an introduction a little bit to the second parak of Sefer Yeshua, talking about Yericha. That's what we were talking about, the city of Yericha, which was the first city that the Jewish people conquered, was the city of Yericha. Our entrance into Eretz Yisrael Chazal called the city of Yericha, Min Oila Shal Eretz Yisrael, the lock, the doorway to Eretz Yisrael. So as we talked about last week, how Yericha is a city that has a twin, that has like a partnership with Yerushalayim, and the opposite extreme of Bavel. So that's what we talked about last week. Okay, but I think this week will, Bez Hashem will also be a little bit kind of an introduction as well in terms of the storyline of the second chapter of Yeshua, but we'll actually begin to learn a little bit, at least the first few psukim. So again, you, you don't have this in front of you. Uh, if I had more time with the copy machine uh, in Yonim, so I would have made, made proper copies with, of Sefer Yeshua. But you don't, you don't have this in front of you, but again, we're only going to, it's just a few psukim, so you listen, um, you listen outside. Uh, so these are more copies of the Marukimus. Okay, good. Okay, so again, the first, the first, Sefer, the first paragraph of Sefer Yeshua was talking about, we ended off um, talking about how uh, sort of Yeshua Benun is just getting Kalyus already to cross over the Yardin and to get into the land. And the last thing he said was that he told everyone to get ready because in three days we're crossing over the Yardin. Now the second parak sort of shifts from Yeshua Benun talking to Kalyus Yisrael in a public way and he has this like private secret Indian that's going on. In the second parak, it's talking about how Yeshua Benun sends two spies into the city of Yerichai to just investigate sort of just the Matzav Ruach. He wants to feel what the populace of Sefer Yerichai is feeling, seeing the, you know, the army of the Jewish people encamped right outside the walls of Yerichai. So he wants to get a feel of what's going on over there. That's what he does. And he sends two spies. The Pasuk doesn't say who they are, but from tradition, we know Tarsh Balpet tells us that they were Pinchas and Kalev. Kalev, if you remember that, he was one of the spies with Yeshua Benun that came back from Eretz Yisrael with a positive report. So Yeshua Benun trusts Kalev, so he sends Kalev and Pinchas. And these are the two spies that go into the city of Yerichai. And as we'll see, you know, the Pasuk tells us in, in the second parak that they stay by, they go in, uh, obviously not you know, wearing signs on themselves saying we are spies. It's not the way they're doing. They, they, we'll see exactly what they try to do to hide their, to hide their, uh, their motives and so on, their identities. But uh, they stayed by a woman named Rochav, right? Who the pastor describes as a Zaina. Uh, according to many sheets, it's Kipshuta. She was a Zaina, and she was someone that all the politicians and the higher ups of the government would frequent. And they stayed by her. She and she was the one to hide them and to tell them with the Matzav Ruch what was going on, which is everyone's petrified and we don't know what to do. We're completely overwhelmed by uh, you know uh, the presence of you and the presence of the Rebbeinu Shalom in your camp. And then she eventually tells them that she wants to be Magayar, she wants to uh, save her and her family. And so we'll see soon how these two Muraglim give her eights about how to save herself and her family. And eventually she converts, as we talked about last week, she converts and becomes, that's not it, that, uh, sorry, that's over here, no, this is something different. Uh, she converts and becomes the, uh, the wife of Yeshua Benon. Okay, that's the story. Now the whole thing is a Pella that Yeshua Benun is sending two spies. First of all, I mean spy. It didn't work out the first time. So what exactly are you doing? And it's a little bit irrelevant to know, like how the what the matzav is in Yerichos and Afkimina. You're going in. You're going to conquer the city anyway. It's like a, what do you need to know? What do you need to find out? So it's clear. It's clear in the Sarmak Daishan that although on the outside, the front of this mission was to find out the matzav ruch and so on, but these they were hunting for neshamas. That's what they were doing. They, Pinchas and Kalev 
were hunting for neshamas. You find this by later Siddiquim, Baal Shem. I spoke about this on Wednesday night, that he would go traveling from place to place because he knew certain neshamas that he needed to be makariv. There was an avoid over here. They wanted to be makariv, the neshama of Rachav, and the neshama of her family. And so this was an avoid that, they, that Kolev and Pinchas specifically went to go, uh, to go find that neshama. So that's it. But again, let's see a few psukim inside, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Again, you don't have this in front of you, but just listen. It says in Pasuk, The place of Shittim, that's where they were encamped, outside of Yericha, on the other side of the Jordan. So Yishuv Benun sends from Shittim, Shnaim Anoshim, two men, Meraglim, uh, spies, Cherish, in a secret way. Lamar telling them the following thing, Go see the land and see Yericha. They go and they find themselves in the house of this woman, the Zaina, Shema Rachav, her name is Rachav, Vishku Shama, and that's where they that's where they stayed. And somehow it was told to the king of Yerichai the following message, the word got out. that people have come. Tonight, they, the, the, the rumor spread that the two uh, spies from Kali Yisrael came, Lach to spy out the land. So Vishlach Melch Yerichai El Rachav Lamar. And uh, he knew that Rachav is someone that uh, had a lot of information about the goings on because of all the people that came to her. So Vishlach Melch Yerichai El Rachav Lamar. So the king of Yerichai sends a message to Rachav saying, and I guess he found that they were there, or he thought that they were there. Take out these men that, stay, that are with you. They came to your house. They came to spy out the land, and they're the enemy. So so she hears this. She takes the two men, and this is what we're going to be focusing on a little bit. She takes the two men, and she hides him. She takes the two men and hides him. And she says, Cain Anoshim, and she sends the message back to the king of Yerichai. It's true that people came to me. I didn't know who they were. And she says the whole thing. They left already, they're not here, and uh, you know, and so on, because she hid them, and so on and so forth. And we'll see the rest of the story, Bez Hashem, Bez Hashem next week. So Chazal make a point. The diktuk is a little bit off, if you if you were listening. The Pasik says again, she took two men, right, and hid him. So I mean hid him. You have to hide both of them. So Chazal say like this, there's a number of interpretations in Chazal. One interpretation in Chazal is relatively well known, is that uh, really the only spy that she had to hide was Kalev. Kalev needed to be hid. But Pinchas said to her that I have a malach dik equality, Pinchas is Elio Navi, as we know. So he went into uh, Elio mode, whatever, and he uh, became a malach and he uh, you know, disappeared. So he didn't have to be physically hidden. Okay, that's one shot. And therefore, Vitispinoi, she only had to hide Kalev. Now, the, the question with that is, like, why Davka now is Pinchas deciding to activate Elio Navi uh, mode? Like, why do, why, why, you, you, you don't do an ace for no reason, that's, that's first of all. So why is he, obviously there's something going on here with Elio Navi. So it's not just Pinchas, this is now Elio Navi, you know, in this mission, okay? Another interpretation in Chazal is obviously Al Pidrush, the, the Chazal interpreted, but Titzbinoi is actually referring to Hashem. What does that mean? So Chazal saying the Medrash that by Rach of hiding Kalev and Pinchas, the Rabbanu Shalom was so happy from this, Malav Akasav, the Rabbanu Shalom considers it as if they did a personal favor for, him, for the Rabbanu Shalom himself. And instead of it just being considered as if he, she hid Kalev and Pinchas, it's Ke'ilu she hid the Rabbanu Shalom, but Titzbinoi. Him meaning Yechidish the single one, the Rabbanu Shalom. Okay. Also, 
does that mean? Like, why is Rav Hashem so excited by this thing that she's protecting Kalev and Pinchas, and, and it's as if you're hiding Hashem? Why is that a good thing to hide Hashem? Like, the whole thing needs explanation. Okay, so it's like this. Let, let, let's, uh, uh, one final piece of the puzzle, then we'll begin to talk, is uh, when did this happen? In the order of Psukim, it sounds like this whole story with sending the spies took place after the events of the first chapter. So Yeshua Benon, after, uh, after three days of Avelis of Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshua Benon tells Klai Yisrael, get ready, in three days we're going, and then at, during this time he sends the spies. But Rashi, already in the beginning of the chapter, makes a cheshman that that's not possible. Based on just how long it took for them to get back, it's not possible. Rashi calculates that this happened actually during the Shiva of Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's, always, it's really taking place even before the first parak of Sefer Yeshua. That's when Yeshua Benun sends these spies during Moshe's Shiva. Now that is interesting. You would think that during the Shiva of Moshe Rabbeinu, the focus of all of Kali Yisrael should be the Shiva of Moshe Rabbeinu. Yivku, that they should cry and mourn the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. And then once you mekayim that Indian of, of, of being Masavel, of mourning over Moshe properly, then you want to start preparing for Eretz Yisrael, so you want to send spies, fine. But the fact that Yeshua Benun goes out of his way during the Shiva of Moshe Rabbeinu to send Kalev and Pinchas, who are now then not able to mourn Moshe Rabbeinu properly, and he sends them with this message, that this is a mission, I like Dvarimbaka, there's got to be something going on over here, of Dafka during the times of the Avelis of Moshe, Okay, so let's take a step back. Again, everything in Tanakh, especially by these Sadiqim, it's always on multiple levels. Like on a simple level, Yeshubunun is sending two people to spy out at Yerichai, to figure out the Matziv, and to take it from there. On a deeper level, what's, what's happening, as I mentioned before, is that they're really trying to chap, to, to get the Nisham of Rachav, to, to awaken within her that Jewish spark, to get her to become a Yid. But specifically, why? Like, what's going on here? So the thing is like this. When you talk about Kalev and Pinchas, like those two people, he, he, he paired, Yeshubanon pairs Kalev and Pinchas together. And we see that Pinchas in this story, as I mentioned, is not just Pinchas. He's like, El Yoanovi Dika Pinchas. Kalev was the greatest person, the Nasi, the head of Shevet Yehuda. Pinchas is functioning as El Yo. That shidduch between Yehuda and Elio always means Mashiach. That's Mashiach. Mashiach comes from Shevet Yehuda. That's Gula. David and so on comes from Shevet Yehuda. Now at this time, David's family in particular wasn't chosen from among Shevet Yehuda. So Shevet Yehuda was open for the picking in terms of the kings and redemption coming from Yehuda. But we do know that it's from Yehuda. And we know that Mashiach comes. That Elinavi comes to herald in Mashiach. So the fact that Yeshua Benun is handpicking the greatest of Shevet Yehuda, Kalev Ben Yifuna, and Pinchas, who's functioning now as Elinavi, to be the first ones to enter the land, what, what's happening is, is that they're, they're activating, they're, on a spiritual level, they're, they're activating and awakening this Inyan of Mashiach. Now, the coming of Mashiach is very much tied into this idea of converts being converted from the nations of the world. And in particular, in particular, Mashiach himself is very much connected with this avoida of converting non-Jews into Yiddishkeit. Now that, that's what we're going to have to investigate now, exactly the role of Mashiach vis-a-vis Geirim, vis-a-vis the nations of the world. When we talk about Gula, we always think of it like for Klal Yisrael, that we get out of Golas, we have a Beis HaMikdash, it's all good for us, but there's a whole world out there, and the ghoul is for everyone. So exactly to understand that role, that's what we're going to investigate now, and then Bez Hashem, 
we'll go back into Sefer Shul, we'll tie up some loose ends, okay? So now, look at the Marmokamis that you have, okay? So the Marmokam number one is, um, is from Sefer uh, Takanas HaShav, and this is from Rav Tzadik HaKain, page 49. He's talking about... He's talking about the story in the beginning of Parshish Yisrael, right? Parshish Yisrael is when the Torah was given. And the beginning of Parshish Yisrael is the whole Misa of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Yisrael coming to Kal Yisrael, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu, he sees, is judging all of Kal Yisrael. He's the only dying, taking care of everything. And Yisrael says, like, this is not, uh, it's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to work. You've got to set up a system of courts, judges. And the hardest questions will go to you, but you can't, you can't handle everything. Moshe Rabbeinu hears this. And it's a good idea, and he is masking to the advice of Yisrael. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the Torah moves on to Aser Sedivris, the story of, of Harsinai. So Chazal, in fact, make a point that it's called Parshas Yisrael, because the word Yisrael comes, comes to the, the word Yisrael, means to add. That Yisrael came with his advice and added a, a, a Parsh in Torah, that added a concept in Torah of having this court system. It sounds like if it wasn't for Yisrael, this idea wouldn't exist. Taka Meishabene would have to cover, would have to deal with everything. So it's like he's dealing with this issue of like, first of all, why could a Meishabene think of this on his own? Lachar, it's very simple and obvious. One person dealing with millions of Jews and all their particular problems, it's impossible. So, I don't know, so the first question is, why do you need a Yisrael to come up with this idea? And second of all, why is this being described as an added Parsha? As if it's not something that the Torah, Hashem, that the Torah wanted or needed. It's like an added Parsha. And yet the Torah is given in that added Parsha. So all these things he has to, we have to figure out. So look, look how Rav Tzalek puts it. He says like this, Of course, Moshe Rabbeinu understood that practically it's very difficult to take care of everyone at the same time. But he did not want to make this court system. Why? After Yada, even though he knew, Of course he knew that naturally it would be impossible for him to be the only person taking care of every, the needs of 600,000 Jews, but call protein in name and every detail of their lives. It's impossible. But who wrote the Lahanigam But Moshe Rabbeinu is our greatest Rebbe. And a really good Rebbe wants to give his students all the tools that they need to the point of where they don't need a Rebbe. That's the ideal job of a Rebbe, is to teach you how to function on your own to the point of where you don't need him. Moshe wanted to lead Kal in the following way, that he should be able to be mashpia to them, give to them, to open, their, to light up their eyes, to the point where each one will be able to see within themselves their issues, everyone should be a chacham who has eyes in his own head, and they shouldn't need and they shouldn't need to go to a dying or to go to a rabbi, to go to a rabbi, to go to a rabbi. They sh- themselves should be their own rabbis. They themselves should be their own Rosh Hashivas. And says Ratzadik, and in truth, that is the light. That's, that's the goal. That's the, what's going to be when Mashiach comes. It says in Pasuk, It says in Pasuk that you will not need one Jew to teach another when Mashiach comes. Every single Jew will have that straight connection with the Rabbani Shalom. You won't need a tzaddik, you won't need a rebbe, you won't need a rosh hashiva, you won't need a dayan. It will be every single yid on their own. Shava b'shava will be equal to everyone else with his direct link to the Rabbani Shalom. And Moshe Avenu wanted to usher us into that kufa. The Rav didn't want to set up a hierarchy where this guy needs this dain, and this dain needs that dain, and all the way up back to Moshe Avenu. He didn't want to make a system of linear lines of 
top to bottom. He wanted every year to be in that matzav of Mashiach, where it's shavu b'shav, everyone is exactly equal with their own personal connection to Rabbi Shalom. And Moshe was trying to give that over to them, to make us all Moshe Rabbeinu dick, that you don't need to have a rabbi. You don't need to have that uh, shayla that you need to ask someone else. You should know the answer within yourself, that you, your own kidneys, like Avram Avinu, your own kidneys should teach you Torah, which is what is going to happen with the coming of Mashiach. V'zeu shleimus midas Moshe Rabbeinu, fourth line. This is the ultimate uh, perfection of Moshe Rabbeinu as our Rebbe. Shu Rabban Shal Yisrael, Shiratzel Lalamdan, that a good Rebbe wants to teach in such a way, betachlis ha-shleimus, to the ultimate perfection, to the point of where the student doesn't need the Rebbe anymore, right? That's the goal. That's the goal, that the, that the student should be the Rebbe himself. But here's the Nakuda. So Moshe wants this, but Yisra comes and says, it's not, it's not going to work. So what does that mean? So Moshe should say to Yisra, Yisra, with all due respect, like, the Shver doesn't really have what I'm trying to do. Like, this is, there's a Yonim going on over here. And the truth is, you should know, Ratzadik makes a diak in the, in the Pasuk when... Um, uh, what does it say? When, when Moshe Rabbeinu hears Yisrael, when he, Yisrael gives him the advice, so it says, uh, what's the Lashon of the Pasuk? It says he, heard, he hears the words of Yisrael. Let me see if I can find it for you very quickly. It's, it's a Gavaldiga insight. He says it like this. Yisrael gives him the advice. And Moshe says, the Yishma Moshe Lekol Chaisnai. Moshe listens to the voice of his father-in-law, and does everything he says. Why the two things? You, listening to him means that you're following the orders. Okay, so he, what is it? That he listens to his voice and does what he says. So it's something he says because Yisra was thinking very Pashat. Yisra wasn't thinking these big inyanim. He, he was new to Yiddishkeit. He's new to... So he just sees Moshe Rabbeinu dealing with everything. And he's like, I'm telling you practically. I, I know how to... You know, he was the kind gadol of his old... Uh, of his old uh, religion. So he knows how to set up uh, an organization properly. I'm telling you, this is not the way to do it. Moshe Rabbeinu hears what he's saying. But he understands deeply what advice is being told him from the Rabbinic Shalom in a deeper way. He does with the practical advice that Yisrael is giving him. But like Yisrael himself doesn't chap what he's saying. So Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to bring us into that tkuf of Mashiach, where everyone is their own Rebbe, everyone is their own Tzaddik. But he says like this, Aval this light is Evsha El of Israel. This is something that's unique to the Jewish people. When Mashiach comes, every Yid is going to have that personal connection to Rabbi Shalom, and a Yid won't need to learn from another Yid what the Rabbi Shalom wants, what the will of the Rabbi Shalom is. Aval Hagerim, but if you have a non-Jew that is now going to become part of Kalah Yisrael with the company of Mashiach, so they, they're going to need a Rebbe. They're going to need a mani. They're going to need someone to teach them because they don't know. They don't. They don't know anything. They don't have that. That, that Yiddish neshama hasn't been uncovered yet. So when the when when Mashiach comes, all Yidden are going to all of a sudden be Moshe But the humanity out there, they're now left in the dark. They're going to need a Rebbe to teach them. Non-Jews that want to convert and so on and to want to be shown the light, they're, need, they're going to need to receive from Kol Yisrael. And says Rav Tzadik, he quotes the Medrash. The Medrash says that when Mashiach comes, Mashiach, Yavah, Mashiach, what's Mashiach's personal job going to be? Think about it. Mashiach's going to come. There's not going to be any wars. Every single Yid is going to know uh, what the Rabbanishal wants. So what exactly is Mashiach going to be doing all day? Like, what, what do you need a king for? A king usually is, ne- is needed either to teach the people, to, 
you know, to, to, to lead it. What do you mean lead? You don't need a leader. Everyone is their own leader. So what's, what's Mashiach going to do? So he quotes from Chazal, Mashiach Yavai Rak Lilmaid Lu'umas Oilam. Mashiach's preoccupation is going to be teaching the Goyim the Dvar Hashem. That's his primary job. It's going to be teaching the non-Jews. Because they're going to need a Revi at that time. And since Yisrael comes to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, like, it's not going to work. And this is Davka Yisrael, who's coming from the non-Jewish world, who himself is sensitive that even when Mashiach comes, you're going to need this hierarchy. So Moshe Rabbeinu sees Bashkach Pratis. If Yisrael is telling him this right now, it means Hashem is telling me we're not holding by this Tukufa yet. And so even though Yisrael is not hopping all of this, Moshe hops deeply that the Rabbanu Shalom is trying to communicate to me, says Moshe, that... It's a good idea, but just not yet. So Yeshua and Moshe call Moshe listens to the advice of his father-in-law, sets up a hierarchy, and hoping, Bez Hashem, when Mashiach comes, there will be such a matzav of every yid being able to see from the Rabbani Shalom. So this is an amazing, amazing chiddush, amazing, amazing giloy, that the, the main function of Mashiach himself, with that inya of Mashiach, is not so much for Klai Yisrael. It's, that, it's primarily for Luma Salaam. This is why going back again to Sefer Yeshua, when Kalev and Pinchas are being sent into the land and they're activating the light of Mashiach, the primary focus, the primary, uh, you know, focus and, 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 and actual uh, tipul and involvement that, that this partnership of Kalev and, and, and Pinchas, which is Mashiach uh, partnership, what they're doing is teaching Geirim, where they're trying to, see, to take non-Jews and bring them into the fold, because that's exactly what Mashiach is going to do. Now that's Rav Tzaddik, and he writes this in a few places. And he says that's why, that's why it's called Parshas Yisrael. This is a, an added thing, because a non-Jew that's becoming a Yid, that's an addition to Kal Yisrael. So this idea of a, this Parsha, of what? Of setting up a hierarchy, that's something that's, that's ultimately necessary only for a non-Jew that's coming into the fold, which is by its very definition an addition to Kal Yisrael. That's why this Parsha is called Yisrael, an addition to Kal Yisrael. The, Two questions that come from this. You following so far? That's what Mashiach's role is. Okay. Two questions that come from this. First of all, if this is true, then it's very ironic that the Torah was given in Parshish Yisrael. Because the whole Indian of, of Yisrael and that addition that Yisrael brings seems to be not uh, a Klai Yisrael thing. It's something that's only relevant and necessary for the nations of the world. So it's a little ironic that you move from that story directly into Aserah Sedevris, and it's all under the title of Parshas Yisrael. Like the etzim of Torah, the essence of Torah should be called, uh, could be included in that Parshas Yisrael, which means in addition to Torah, something that's not essential. That's one question. I'm not saying it's the biggest question in the world, but it's something to think about. The other question is that it's a little bit of a shocking thing that Mashiach himself will be completely unnecessary for Kal Yisrael, and his only function is going to be for the nations of the world. So when we talk about Mashiach Tzitkenu, to be able to see Mashiach, who care? I mean, you, you want to see redemption, but Mashiach himself is a, we need Mashiach for. The guy maybe want Mashiach, the person. The, the, I'll give you an example. Like the Rambam, for example, in, in the 13 Principles of Faith, where he talks about the, the, the article of faith of believing in Mashiach, he makes it very clear that it's not enough to believe in redemption. And there's going to be a geula. You have to believe that there's going to be an individual person, a descendant of David HaMelech, in particular from Shlomo HaMelech, that's going to come and rebuild the Beis HaMikdash and reestablish the kingdom of the Jewish people and he will be the king and so on. Who cares? What's the relevance to us? What Rabbi Tzaddik is telling us, even from Chazal, that the whole relevance of that person, Mashiach, is only for the nations of the world. 
You want to tell me that an article of faith for the Jewish people is that we should believe in redemption? Fine. But to say that it's important for us to believe that there's going to be this one individual person called Mashiach that he's going to lead us. For what? In what way? He doesn't have any practical function for the Jewish people. His entire function is for the nations of the world. So it's, it's, it's very difficult. Okay, Maramokit number two. There's a piece from Derech Mitzvah Secha. Derech Mitzvah Secha is a, a Maradik Sefer from the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Lubavitch Rebbe. He goes through, it's not all of mitzvahs, but uh, a handful of them, and explaining them in halacha, and then al pichsidis. So one, the, the mitzvah that, we're, that, that this is uh, from is the mitzvah of Minoy Melech, the mitzvah of establishing a king. And so the way, you, know, you don't have all of it in front of you, but the way the piece goes is like this. The first parak of this uh, maimer from the Tzemach Tzedek, whatever, is he, he talks about what the purpose of a king is, practically. So he says, let's go through the practicalities. To lead the people in terms of government. Okay, fine. Uh, even religiously, to, 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 to bring Klai Yisrael to that place of closeness to Hashem. Hashem is a melech, so the human king is going to be a reflection of that. So from the king, we'll able, we're able to sort of connect to Malchus Hashem. But then at the end, he says, okay, all this is very, very nice. But when Mashiach comes, like, what do you need Mashiach for? Because he quotes the same Chazals that Ratzadik did. That what? That the purpose that at that point every yid is going to have their own personal connection to Rabbi Nishlaylam. You're going to be your own little Balshem. You're not going to need a Rav. You're not going to need a Dai. You're not going to need a Rav. So what do you need Mashiach for? So you need Mashiach for the nations of the world. But so Kali Yisrael doesn't need Mashiach. So what do we need Mashiach for? What need, why have to? Why does it have to be a king? What do you mean a king? What, what does it mean? A king means that he's on top of us. In what way? So the whole thing needs explanation. So says said the Tzemach uh, like this. That Samosedek finds a need for Mashiach for Klal Yisrael. But he, he's going to say it, and it's going to need explanation. I'll do the best I can. The truth is, Torah is infinite. Torah is infinite. The Rabbanishim is infinite. And there's level after level after level in understanding Torah and connection to Torah and connection to Hashem. One level after another level. In this way of understanding Torah. So it's infinite. Okay? And therefore, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a revelation, a, a very profound, deep revelation of Pneumius, of the inner world of Torah, the inner world of the Mashiach, And to get to this much deeper level of Torah, of Elikus, of the Rabbani Shloylam, so even Yidin are going to need Mashiach for themselves for this. We'll see in a second. Shehu Yilmei Pnimis Atar He will be the one to open up for us this new, and the Tzavah is not explaining exactly what this is, but this new dimension of Torah, this new dimension of the Rabbani Shalom's presence is going to be opened up it's completely inaccessible right now, but when Mashiach comes, it'll be opened up, and this new dimension is going to be, Mashiach is going to have to teach Klal Yisrael. What is now completely concealed, Mashiach will have to open up to us. Therefore, Mashiach will be a king for the Jewish people. Even though it's true that every year, as we said before, is going to be their own Mashiach uh, Rabbeinu. To the point of where every Yid will know Kabbalah and Pnei Satara and all that. But, but there's this other dimension, this deeper dimension of Pnei Satara that, that, that you need Mashiach to open up for you. Okay? There's another dimension that Mashiach is going to have to open up. 
Okay? And so on, he goes on. Okay, so, so now to get a, a little bit of a broader picture of what Mashiach's job is. What we see from the, the Tzemach Tzedek is that Mashiach's job seems to be two ends of the universe. On the one hand, his job is Pasha to teach Aleph Beis to the nations of the world. Mamish Aleph Beis. Meanwhile, while the rest of Kalah Yisrael, every single Yid is sitting in their corner <coughs> meditating on Kavonis and Yehudim like a, um, like a Baal Shantav. And Mashiach, Nebuch, he's stuck, uh, you know, trying to teach Pashit uh, Aleph Beis to people from all over the planet. That's one job of Mashiach. Mitzat Sheni says it's Tzemach Tzedek, but you should know there's another job of Mashiach, is that with all the Madregas of every Yid being a little Baal Shantav, there is a level that there's a ceiling to that and there's some other deeper awareness of God's presence and that only Mashiach is able to bring. That's Yechidah? That's Yechidah, whatever, we'll see, we'll explain what that means. But that, 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 that's, and that is Mashiach, what, what his job is for Kalah Yisrael. So it's two opposite ends. On the one end, he's teaching Aleph based to non-Jews, bringing them into Amuna, And Mitzat Sheni, this higher dimension of Elikus that we didn't qualify, well, like what is that? What does that mean exactly? But this higher dimension that's like completely, completely beyond, that's something that Mashiach is going to bring for Kali Yisrael too. So, so let's understand, what, what exactly is this? What, what, what does he mean? No, all of Kali Yisrael at that time. But that's going to be his job. So he's going to be the Rebbe for us for this higher dimension of, of Elikos, and he's going to be the Rebbe for the, the Umas Ha'ilam to teach the Malaf base. Okay, so... Let me, let me try to see if the best I can to explain this. So what, what is this higher dimension that, like, Mashiach is teaching us? So this is an idea that, that um, I, I've spoken about a number of times, and every time I speak about it, I don't think it gets any clearer. So best I can, but it's good to hear the words, and Mashiach comes, we'll, we'll, we'll be... You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a story they say from the Tzedek Tzedek, that there was a Yid that after one of his memoirs came to me, said, Rebbe, I was here for a few hours listening, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't understand. I mean, I heard the words, I ended, but I don't, know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. So someone said, said, he said, listen, he said, let's say you're by a chasen or something, the band is very loud, right? And so, you know, the two people are having a conversation, and you're, and you're close by, but you're picking up every other word, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really... And then the music goes down, and they repeat their conversation. You'll be the first one to hop it, right? Because you kind of heard it, whatever. So it's true. In Oilam Hazi, you might not hop all these things. But when Mashiach comes, you'll be the first one to hop it because you kind of heard it already, you know? So this is what, sometimes that's what it means to learn the Chesidus and Trim. It's like, you don't fully hop, but at least the Neshama knows the words. And when Mashiach comes, you go, oh, I know what he's talking about. I, I heard that before, you know? Okay. In this world, until Mashiach comes, even the greatest tzaddik, the Balsham, the greatest tzaddik, the greatest mukobal is only able to experience, I'll say the words, the light of Hashem. We're able to experience things about the Rabbani Shalom. Amazing things about the Rabbani Shalom. From the lowest, from the most simple, that we, we, we could learn uh, you know, gravity and physics and nature, you can learn about how amazing Hashem is, His kindness and so on, to the deepest levels of Pnei Satar, where you could experience and learn about how God is is everything and everywhere, and how Hashem created the world, and unbelievable. But that, that's all about Hashem. Or in the Sermak Hashem, it's described as the Ar Ainsaif, the light of the Infinite One. Light means, like, as if there's a sun, and you're experiencing the rays of that sun on planet Earth. But you're not experiencing the sun itself. You don't, you don't really want to experience the sun itself, right? But the rays of that light. When Mashiach comes, it's true. Every single Yid, every Yid is going to 
not need a Rebbe, you're going to, every year will be equal, you'll have your own direct contact with Rabbanu Shalom, you'll be your own little Balshem, you're not going to need a Rebbe, you're not going to need a Tzaddik. Why? Because in terms of learning about Hashem and experiencing the light of Hashem, everyone will have full access to all of that light. But the Chiddush of Mashiach for the Jewish people is, is that Mashiach is going to open up a different dimension, which is not just experiencing and learning about Hashem. It's actually about experiencing and connecting to God Himself, Kivyach. In the Svarmak Doshim, and especially in Chabad Chasidis, this is described as Atzmias Habayr Kivyach, the essence of God. And that essence of who God is, not just about Him, or picking up on signs and, and who He's about, what He wants, but who is He? Who is he? What does it mean, Elikos? What does it mean, the Rabbanu Shalom Alein? Got Alein. Not just Elikos, godliness. When Mashiach comes, everyone is going to have full access to godliness. But what about God himself? And this is something that until Mashiach comes, we have no idea. Like, we could, again, we can learn about all sorts of things about the Rabbanu Shalom, but who is God? I, 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 don't, I don't have the, the kalim, I don't have the vessels to process that. This is the deeper revelation that the Tzema Tzedek is talking about, that Mashiach himself is going to open up for all of Kal Yisrael. Not just to learn about Hashem. Then, every year is going to have full access to that. But the Chiddush that Mashiach is going to bring to the Jewish people is that you're going to be learning about God himself. Now, this is the ironic part. That Mashiach, who is now doing the deepest, most unbelievably profound job of all, of all human history, which is to to take God himself out of the closet, to take God himself out of that hidden, mysterious place, and to actually say, Hashem like, this is the that you've been learning about and serving and thinking about your entire life, this is who he is. This is, by the way, the meaning of, of the deeper meaning of what I said from Chazal, that when Rachav hides Kalev and Pinchas, and Kalev and Pinchas are activating Mashiach, it's as if the Rabbanu Shalom says, oh, you did, me a, you did me a favor. You did me a favor. Let's understand. What does it mean to have, what, what is happening when Mashiach comes that the Rabbanu Shalom says, oh, shkayach, I'm so happy, like, you, you helped me out. Why? Because until Mashiach comes, Hashem himself is completely unknown, completely hidden. And the entire universe, all the biggest tzaddikim, they're just learning about Hashem. They're experiencing elokos, godliness. God himself is completely, uh, completely hidden. And the ultimate purpose of creation was not only for there to be a world to learn about God, the ultimate purpose of creation is for that world, that universe, to experience God Himself, Kiryach. And so that, and therefore in a certain sense, Mashiach and what's being activated in this parak of Sefer Yeshua, with the awakening of Mashiach, with Kalev and Pinchas, is saving Hashem, Kiryach. It's a toiva to the Rabbani Now here's, and let me explain a little bit more, here's the irony though. That Mashiach, who's doing this most deeply, this most unbelievable thing, which is, taking Hashem Yisbarach and introducing Hashem Yisbarach to the world, at the same time, his second job is to teach Aleph Beis to the non-Jews, right? So, like, that's a funny partnership. That's a funny, you know, people have two jobs, but usually, like, you would like them to be within the same, you know, this is like Mamish Menachatzelachatzel. So, so let me explain one last Nakuda, and then we'll tie it all together. In the writings of Chabad Chassidus in particular, we find this idea. Let me give you a marshal. Let's say you have two people that are, that are uh, like a wrestling match, right? They're wrestling with each other. And one guy, you know, Ruvain, let's call him, Ruvain pins down Jimin. Who's stronger? So obviously, Ruvain. He wins the match, right? Because he pinned down Shimon. If you are able to take... So... I'll give you another, uh, another marshal, and then we'll... Try to give the nimshal. 
it's well known, if you understand something, just a little bit, if you sort of hop an idea, let's say, let's say right now, let's say you're listening to me and you kind of hop what I'm talking about, but not fully. And then someone asks you, like, what was this year about? I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure, right? And this, this happens. I mean, this is the feedback I get very often. Like, I'm, you know, it was nice, but I don't know how to say this over at the Shabbos table. Okay, no. If you fully understand something, then you're able to wrestle it down and to control it and to put it into particular words. You understand? The person, if you understand something properly, then you'll be able to find a parable, a mashal, to fit it into. Like it says in Pasuk about Shlomo HaMelech, he was the wisest person to ever live. And he said 3,000 mashals. He was expert in giving mashals. Why, 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 why is that reflective of his brilliance? The answer is, he was so wise that an idea, he, fully, he had full control over it. Like he fully chapped. He fully chapped what a particular concept was, such an extent that he was able to put it, to package it, in a mushal that someone can hear. You understand? If you fully understand something, then you have control over it and you could put it into particular packages. What this means is as follows. The greatest simon that you fully, it's going to say, sound funny, but the greatest simon that you are in control of God, that you fully chap who God is, is if you're able to put him in very, very small packages. The fact that Mashiach himself is able to take the Rabbanu Shalom's Torah, Yiddishkeit, who God is, and to package it in such a way that the nation, Goyim, should be able to, to hear this, that's not a second job that's different from him revealing who God is. The fact that he's able to reveal who God is means that Mashiach gets it. Mashiach, like Shlomo Melch, fully got the, the idea, right? And if you fully get an idea, you can give it over to a child. Like the, be- the biggest simon of whether you understand the concept really, really well is if you could articulate it and explain it to someone that's not as smart as you and is not as educated as you and maybe doesn't have the background that you have. If you could give that over, that means you fully get, that means that you're in control. It means that you are, the guy that's, that's pinning down the other one, he's the, the strongest one. Therefore, Mashiach, these are not two separate jobs. The fact that Mashiach is able to open up the door and to allow the Rebunish into the world, that means that Mashiach is not just talking about Hashem, this whole world. When you, when you, when, see, the rest, of the, the rest of the Jewish people that were just talking about God, it means we don't really get it. We don't really get it. So we, know, we, we could sort of say the right words. But if I have to like, change the words in order to explain it to a little kid, like I'm thrown off then, because I don't really hop it. You know what I'm saying? I, I could parrot. I could, I could, if a person just, let's see if you have a good memory or something, so if you listen to a shir, you don't really chap. If you have a good memory, you could just like go verbatim and just say the same words over. But, to, but in order to change the words and to manipulate the ideas in such a way that the listener, that this new person should be able to pick up on it, that is only possible if you fully chap what was said. So Mashiach is, is able, so these, these two jobs of Mashiach are one and the same. The fact that he's able to go to the lowest Lowest person on planet Earth. Mamish, the, the simplest, the most physical, the most base, the, the worst of humanity. Mamish, the bottom of the barrel of humanity, right? And is able to go and to teach that person about the Rabbanu presence in the world and to give him a Muna. That means that what a Muna is, who the Rabbanu is, Mashiach fully gets it. And, that, that, and that's reflective of his other job with the Jewish people to introduce us to not just godliness, but to God himself, Kivyachal. And this is what's happening when Pinchas and Eliyahu come to Eretz Yisrael for the first time and activate the light of Mashiach, and they're all of a sudden preoccupied with 
with, with converts, with converting people. That's that, because that idea, that avoid of Mashiach, of teaching Amuna to people that are the opposite, until now, of Amuna, that's a reflection of their full, complete control over this sugi of Amuna, of what Amuna is. They fully, fully comprehend what Amuna is and who God is to the point of where they can translate God and they could, they could package him in such a small way that even a guy that, you know, that, that's, that's still serving Avodah somewhere in the Amazon rainforest is able to chop what Amuna is. That, that, in order to teach that guy about Amuna, means you, you have to be a real, means you, have to have a, a, you have to have Amuna in your pocket. And then you're able to package it in all these different ways. Let's understand, this is why this shlichus of Kalev and Pinchas had to happen during the Avelis of Maish Rabbeinu. This is something that I've spoken about, I think it was like a Wednesday night shear, who knows when, I, I can't remember anymore, but the unique Indian of Maish Rabbeinu is that Maish Rabbeinu gave us a Torah in Har Sinai. So everyone asks, like, the Ovis kept the Torah. Like, what, what's like the Chiddush exactly of this whole experience of Har Sinai? Like, well, thank you very much, whatever. Avram Avinu knew about Torah, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Chazal even say that, that even in Mitzrayim, Sheva Levi kept the Torah. So like, what exactly is the big Chiddush? The Chiddush of Har Sinai is that now everyone is, is in on that? Like, what, what exactly is the Chiddush? The answer is, is that before Har Sinai, even if they kept the Torah, what they were doing was trying to learn about Tefillin. It was just about tzitzis. It was about Shabbos. But tzitzis itself, tefillin itself, to be able to put your hands on a pair of tefillin and say, this is everything. Like, well, it, like before that, when they, were, when they were keeping tefillin, it wasn't like with boxes. It was whatever the kavanas, whatever the light of tefillin is, they were trying to access that light. But tefillin itself, to be able to say, thus is thus, and this, and this is tefillin, and this has within it all the kavanas and all the complicated ideas that the Mikubalim think about, is in this pair of tefillin, and you can put it on a 13-year-old kid that doesn't know his right from his left. That, that's an unbelievable thing. That's Maish Rabbeinu. Maish Rabbeinu is this neshama that's able to give us the thing itself. The thing itself. So, and that's why we find in the Svarim that the neshama of Mashiach is the same neshama as Maish Rabbeinu, reincarnated. Because this is the quality of the neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu. Not to give us the light of God. Moshe Rabbeinu is unique that he is the sole neshama that's pre- predestined to give us God himself. So the first time he sort of does that, step one, is to give us actual mitzvahs. Not ideas about mitzvahs and tool. This is it. Everything you want to learn about tzitzis is gavaldic, but you could physically hold tzitzis in your hand and you're holding all of that mystery in your fingertips. That's the chiddush of Moshe Rabbeinu. Taking that to a next level is not only to do that for mitzvahs, but to do that for God himself. And so these are the two stages of Moshe Rabbeinu's own personal evolution. The first stage, stage is where he gives us Torah itself, physical mitzvahs, that you could literally put in your pocket and take with you. And you could be the biggest tzaddik or the biggest Russian. You could both have the same mezuzah on your doorway. And thus is mezuzah. And the next level of Moshe Rabbeinu with the coming of Mashiach is that he does that for God himself. That even God himself he brings down and when he's, in the, when he's in the body of Mashiach to bring down God himself and, and when, when Moshe is in the body of Mashiach as Mashiach he brings down God himself and says that's, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu does therefore Davka this shlichas of awakening the light of Mashiach with Pinchas and Kalev and having this inyan of at the same time bringing God to the world and thus being able to have such a a, a control over that so to speak to translate that Tamamish Arach of Hazaina, who until now is the opposite of Kedush Yisrael, and to be able to give her a Muna, 
That means that you have a moon in your back pocket. And that's the role of Mashiach. That's what Mashiach is. Therefore, it was Davgar during the Avelis of Maishar Benu, because this is a Maishar Benu Tsugya. The Indian of taking some, the thing itself and giving it to people, not just about it, but the thing itself, that's the, that is the function of Maishar Benu's Neshama. So, Davgar in his Avelis, when the body of Maishar Benu was already gone and the Neshama is now free to really do its thing, so Davgar then, Yeshua sends Kalevim Pinchas to get the second stage of Moshe Rabbeinu's evolution going, and at least to set up that process, which will eventually culminate with the coming of Mashiach. And all of this is hinted to in this idea that, that again, that Tzbinoi, that he hides, that she hides, Kiviochel, that as if she's hiding the Rabbani Shalom. What do you mean hiding the Rabbani Shalom? It means, and the Rabbani says, I for that. It means that with the coming of Mashiach, two things are happening. Mashiach is, Hashem is being let out, and Hashem is being finally revealed for who he always was, Kiviachal, Zashem Kivinulai. And he's also being packaged in a very small place that even a Rachav Azaina could hear about it and, and be inspired by that Amuna. And that's the hiding of the Rabbanishim Kaviachal, which is an unbelievable, unbelievable thing because now he's finally out there and Mashiach was able to do that. So again, these are all the Inyanim that are being activated over here. Bez Hashem, next week we'll, we'll go further to the story. Huh? How do you explain your story? So, uh, so that, that's going back as well. I mean, that's why. This idea of Yisrael, which is awakening the, the, the role of Mashiach in terms of being able to give a Muna to even non-Jews, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the twin with the actual giving of the Torah itself. And this idea of Moshe Rabbeinu, Aser Sidibus, of giving us a Pirat Phil and Mamish, that's, that means that Moshe Rabbeinu, that, that, that's, again, the beginning of his major role, which is giving us the Rabbanu Shalom Mamish. And the ability to give us Rabbanu Shalom Mamish is seen in your ability to package it even to non-Jews. So even to non-Jews. Have a minute, he could do it all? Well, this was, this was the, this was the Gilot to him. It, it was Nisgalot him through Yisrael, is that if you want to be able to bring the Rabbanu Shalom himself, you have, to be able to, you have to be able to translate it even to the nations of the world. That was, that was what Yisrael was... was was really he didn't he didn't realize this nakuda whatever but the, that was the chiddush. It's a good question. I'm not sure if he, it's it definitely sees that he himself will be hands on with this, but because uh, again that's the idea to, to go that far down you have to be connected to that that high up. No, Hashem we should be to understand what we're talking about. Mashiach should come ready. We should uh, be able to know what we're talking about in these sugyas.